everyone. Welcome back to the Bad Teacher Podcast. This is episode two. It's a new year. It's 2020. And I hope that everyone had a great holiday and a great new year. And you got to spend some time with your family and friends and got to relax and unwind and just have a good time. Um, This holiday season was really great. I got to spend lots of time with my daughter every day. We did lots of Christmassy stuff. This was my first holiday season in about 10 years where I wasn't teaching in some kind of compa- bleh, some kind of capacity. Let me tell you, it was so nice to not worry about going back into the classroom after the new year. For a lot of places, school started back up yesterday, so I'm thinking about all of the teachers who are getting back into the swing of things and welcoming the new year with their students. It was the holidays. Normally this podcast, I'm going to release it on Fridays. Um, Today is Friday, but um, yeah, normally it'll be out earlier in the day, but last week I didn't put one out. It was Christmas. I was sick. My daughter was sick. Literally everyone got sick. It was crazy. Um, But yeah, so from here on out, since the holidays are done, it'll be a regular every Friday thing. So I've kind of given up on New Year's resolutions. Kind of gave it up a couple years ago because I just, I don't know, they don't ever work. But I do have goals for myself for 2020 because I believe in setting goals for yourself. So number one, my number one goal is to just kind of focus on what I want to do and focus on building myself and I want to start a business and that's going to come into play at some point. Um, I don't want to give away what I'm going to be doing yet just because it's just in the beginning stages. And I want to focus on the podcast and somehow help teachers with their self-care. I want to grow my crafting business. Um, I have an Etsy shop that is called Girl in the Moon Studios. If you want to check it out, I make shirts and mugs and I can pretty much make any kind of design I also want to continue to practice, you know, my self-love and self-care practice and dedicate myself to being the best mom that I can be for the new year. Anyway, this episode, episode two, is going to be all about observations. I wanted to tackle this topic because it's important to me because it's something that every teacher has to go through. It's something that is stressful and it's something that is dreaded in the teacher community and it a lot rides on your observations as a teacher. So in the school system that I'm familiar with, in your first three years of teaching, you're considered non-tenured each school year. So for three years, you have about four observations each year, two in the fall, two in the spring. Normally there's two informal and two formal. And after your three years are up, your administration will make a decision on whether or not you're going to achieve that tenured status. Observations are based on a number of criteria, and some of the things that are included in that, that criteria are the standards being taught, so like what are the, what's the skill that the students have to know, their prerequisite knowledge, so what do they know already, and then the assessment piece at the end, student engagement, higher level questioning, that you ask the student, so you're not just asking like, where did the girl go in the story? And the story explicitly tells you where the girl went. Like you have to think about questions that you can ask the students like, how do you think the girl felt? Or that's probably not a good example, but anyway, they want you to ask these higher level thinking questions so it's not just 
explicit and they can just get it right from the text. The other criteria that observations are based on are, you know, the activities that you give to the students during the lesson. Um, are they meaningful? Are they engaging? Are the students learning something from them? Are they rigorous? Um, your classroom climate. So do the students know the expectations? Do the students have ha the things that you're doing? Are these things that the students have been practicing since the beginning of the school year? Or is this just like a new thing that you're throwing in for an observation? Because that's probably frowned upon. Um, and then the other thing is just like students understanding the skill that's being taught. I think I kind of already said that. So typically, depending on your administration and your county, you have to have a pre-observation. So that's where you basically have a meeting with your administration about what you're going to be teaching for the observation lesson. So there has to be a lesson plan that's written up for the formal observations. And those lesson plans include lots of information that's tedious to write, it's super time consuming, and it goes over all of that criteria that I kind of mentioned before, and then plus some that I just can't think of off the top of my head. But basically you share this lesson plan that you've come up with with your administration. They normally tell you things to add or change, and then it's just kind of silly to me because I feel like they should be coming into your classroom to see how it normally is, how you would normally teach and how it normally goes. But observations totally always end up being like a big show that you're putting on. I've always said that teaching kind of felt like a performance because there's so many people who are in and out of your classroom every single day, at least in my experience and the schools that I came from. Anyway, the amount of time that teachers take prepping for the observation is a hell of a lot more time than you would put in for a normal everyday lesson. So like you're coming to school on a Tuesday morning on a normal day and I mean you know what you're teaching because you probably prepped, you have it in your head, but you're not sitting there going over it and making sure every bit is there. I mean that would take so much time. It's not possible to do that every single lesson, especially for elementary school because normally in elementary school you're teaching every single subject. So it's just not, it's not realistic. With the write-up that you have to come up with for your lesson plan, the activity prep for the students, there's laminating, cutting, all this stuff that goes into it, making sure things are in the right place and your classroom's organized, obsessing over each and every minute of the lesson. That, all of that goes into your lesson plan. I'm sorry, my, or my neighbor's dogs are barking. Teaching, like I said, it somehow becomes this like spectacle and you're out there feeling like an anxious performer, which to me, I'm like, okay, I grew up really shy. So I look back on my teaching and I'm just like, how did I do this? Because I'm so, I'm just, I have always been a shy person. And so to look back and think about all these things that I put myself through and that I went through, I'm just like, how did I do it? I don't. No. Plus you have the prepping your students for a visit from the principal or the assistant principal or whoever it is that's coming to observe you, which, you know, you know you shouldn't do, but it's like, whatever. I always did it. And then in addition to the planned observations, there's always the unannounced visits when you literally have no idea that admin or someone's going to come into your room and visit and your lesson is either great or it's a hot mess. So last year, I knew that the principal and the assistant principal were going to be doing informal observations and they were just going to be coming in unannounced. 
And honestly, like, I kind of thought they forgot about me. It was almost the end of the school year, and I was like, okay, everyone else has been observed. I haven't been observed yet, so I'm kind of just chilling with my class doing end of the school year stuff, and then one day I had, like, cut my leg on something at home, and I was sitting in my chair while my students were working on a math. We had just started math, and the students were working on just a warm-up activity together with a partner And I was sitting in my chair and I was like looking at the cut on my leg and in walks the principal and I had my phone out because I was taking a picture of my cut to send to my mom and I don't even know why I was doing it but I was so the principal gave me a nasty look and kind of like rolled her eyes at me and she was already pissed off and she's like I'm here for your for your informal observation and I was like shit first of all it's the end of the school year. I'm chilling with my class. I mean, at this point, it's like the learning's done. We're just doing end of the year stuff. We're having fun. Nothing, no one's really teaching anymore, like honestly. So the principal comes in to observe me and my lesson is not even a full on good lesson like what I would normally have taught in the middle of the school year. So I'm like, shit, I don't know what the fuck to do. So I pretend like I'm having like my leg is bleeding. So I pretend that my leg's bleeding from a cut this morning, even though it totally was not bleeding at all. And she tells me, okay, we'll go to the nurse and get a bandaid. And I'm like, okay. So I leave the room. And at this point I'm in tears because I'm about to get observed with a lesson that I'm like, not even prepared to teach. I mean, I, I, I was teaching, no, I wasn't really teaching anything. I mean, the kids, we were doing an activity together. I don't even remember what we were doing. But it wasn't a normal, like, lesson, like I said. So I leave the classroom, and I see, like, some of my teacher friends in the hallway, and I'm like, holy shit, guys, I'm about to be observed. The principal's in there, and I I can't do it. So I almost had a panic attack because I'm, like, thinking to myself, like, oh, my God, like, this is going to be a shit show. And the my one teacher friend was like, you just have to go do it. You just have to do it. You can't be out here. Like, you have to go back. Go back now. So I went back in, I told my principal, like she, I obviously had been crying and I told her, you know, can we do this another day? Like, I'm not, I don't want you to see this lesson. Like I'm really not prepared. And she told me that, no, these are informal observations. You are going to be observed today. Just teach how you would normally teach. And I'm thinking to myself, dude, like it's the fucking end of the school year. Why are you coming in now? So She watched me teach this bullshit lesson, and I kind of was, like, thinking on my feet the whole time. I was just like, I don't know what to do. The kids, the kids were fine. At this point, it's the end of the year, so we were all in the swing of things anyway. But it was not, it was not good. It was, like, the worst lesson I've ever been observed in. So after that observation, like, she, we had to go to lunch. So I get the kids lined up, we leave. And then a few days later, I have my post observation with her, which is, you know, when you sit down with the administration and they talk to you about how your lesson went. So right off the bat, she's like, well, how do you think it went? Because that's kind of how she always started our post observations. And I just told her, I was like, that was the worst lesson ever that I've ever been observed in. Like, honestly, like it was not a good day. I think I had been like running late that day anyway. And like the copier was broken. And so it was just everything was not in my favor that day. And the thing is, though, is that This principal knew that she knew, like, when things weren't going someone's way, 
but she always like targeted people who were having bad days. It's like she wanted to mess with them and catch them out. So I almost feel like she knew that I was running late that day and that the copier wasn't working and I wasn't going to be prepared. And it was like she just swooped in and was like, hey, I'm here to observe you. I know it's going to be shitty, but I'm going to do it anyway. So I don't know. That was a whole thing. But yeah, like I said, after an observation is over, the administration, they leave. Usually they have this like stone cold face on their on them that like you can't read at all. And you have no clue what they're thinking. Even if it's a good observation, you're just like, okay, holy shit. Like I just did a really terrible job. And even if it was like the best observation, you're just like feeling confident. I don't know. There's always that part of you that's like, oh, well, I didn't do a good job because you're always doubting yourself. At least I was like always doubting myself as a teacher. And I know a lot of teachers who were doubting themselves constantly. So sometimes two administration or more are in there at the same time. And a lot of times they're like talking to each other during a lesson. And so you're trying to teach, but you're also trying to hear what they're saying because that's just normal. You want to know if they're talking about you or if they're saying nice things about you and your teaching and your lesson. In my very first school that I taught in, I was teaching a math lesson and I thought that it was going really well. Like the students were engaged. I thought I was doing a good job. In the middle of the lesson, the principal and the assistant principal go over to my closet where I had my lesson books, like the curriculum, and they literally got my curriculum down from my closet and they started flipping to the page of the lesson that I was on to make sure that I was doing, that my lesson was on par with what the curriculum was saying. And then they were giving each other these looks the whole time, like, what the hell is she doing? But the thing is, is like, I had a pre-observation and everything was fine. So if something was wrong, it's like, you would think that the principal would have told me in that meeting, hey, like, fix this part or do this instead of that. But no, in the middle of the lesson, they get out my book and start going through it. Now, the thing is, is that I know that I was a good teacher. And I feel like with this podcast and with the things that I've been through, a lot of people might say, and some people have said, like after the whole news article came out, that and it was very few people, but most of the most of the feedback and responses from that news segment were very positive and supportive. But there have been the few who have said, well, maybe this teacher just didn't know what she was doing. Not everyone is meant to be a teacher. But for that, like, I'm going to say, no, like, I really did know what I was doing. I was a good teacher. I got to know my kids. I built relationships with them. Um, it just got to a point where there's so much pressure on us as teachers and it didn't become about the teaching anymore and the students. There was so much of the other bullshit that was thrown in there to those people who might say, oh, well, she probably just didn't know what she was doing. She was a bad teacher. Well, no, like I was a good teacher. So there's that. And anyway, so not only are there are these dreaded observations that teachers have to go through. There's constant classroom visits. And it's not just from the principal and the assistant principal. It's people who are resource teachers. It's people who think they're administration who come into the classroom because they just think that they're on their high horse and they can just come and visit you. Or it's like visitors from the Board of Ed coming to visit you. Your principal's boss comes in to visit you 
They all just pop into everyone's room. And it wasn't just me. So it wasn't just like I was being targeted. But it was, this happened to everyone. And I just don't understand why. Why the constant visits? It's like they don't trust teachers. And that's like a big thing. Because trusting teachers is so important. That com- that's a big reason why a lot of teachers leave because there is such this like micromanaging on the teachers and we're not treated as professionals. Teachers have it hard, guys. This is the only profession where there's a constant scrutiny of the professional. I don't know of any other career where a professional is so micromanaged and doubted and told that they don't know what they're doing or this isn't the best practice for the kids. I've had a reading resource teacher tell me that one of my center activities for reading was great. I had them say that, you know, you're right on track. Like, the kid, this is great. I love all your centers. I love everything that's going on in here. Then the assistant principal that year came in and watched for maybe like five minutes of the lesson and later emailed me to have me come and talk to her. And she wanted to tell me, that one of my centers was not good enough. It wasn't rigorous. The students weren't learning. How do I know that they're learning from that center? So I told her that the resource teacher was in there and I had gone over my centers with the resource teacher, a reading resource teacher for my reading centers. And I told her that the reading resource teacher told me that the centers were fine, that everything was great and I was right on track. So the AP didn't believe me. She literally told me that we had to have a sit-down meeting, the three of us, the AP, myself, and the reading resource teacher. Luckily, the resource teacher was on my side, and she kind of stuck up for me. But there's totally been the times where these resource teachers have thrown me and others that I know under the bus so that they don't look bad. So I've always felt really nervous and sick when someone was in my room watching me teach unless it was like another teacher who I knew and didn't have I knew they they didn't have bad intentions I always felt super judged and picked apart by not even teachers but like the resource teachers or the admins or the higher-ups or the people who are like the principal's little minions and they come in and they just watch you for whatever reason I just feel like no one should go into work feeling like they're constantly questioning themselves I went to school for four years to earn my teaching degree. I'm a skilled professional. Just let me teach and trust me to make the decisions for my students. We as teachers know our students the best. It's not the admin or the board of ed or the resource teachers coming in here and there for five minutes every month. It's like, no, I'm with these kids day in and day out. I know their strengths. I know what they need help with. I know where they struggle. Not you who comes in for five minutes every week or every few days or every month and then have the nerve to tell me or other teachers what we're doing wrong. I've always been all about learning new strategies and having an open mind and trying new things. But when you nitpick and question every little thing I do, the decisions I make for my students who I've built relationships with since the beginning of the school year, That's just not okay. And that's part of why teachers burn out. That's part of why so many teachers leave this profession. So can you imagine having this passion for something, studying it, spending money on a degree and putting several years into your career, student teaching, going through all the training and doing all of this. And this is what you really want to do. 
um, and being told at the end of year three that you just can't do it anymore. You are, you're not allowed to do it anymore because this administrator, this administrator tells you, I mean, I'm making the decision that you can't be a teacher anymore because I just either one, don't like you or two, I haven't given you the resources you need to be a better teacher. This didn't happen to me, but I know plenty of people that it has happened to. And honestly, my second year of my new school, so it was year four as a whole, I went through the anxiety of thinking that I wasn't going to be able to continue teaching. And I was really scared because I wanted at this point, like it was what I wanted to do. I really wanted to continue teaching. I was scared that someone was going to take that away from me just because they had an opinion about me. So at year two of my previous school, this is back in 2016-2017 school year. So first of all, I was a hot mess that year. I was going through a separation. It was the hardest year of my life. I was on my own for the first time. I was depressed, anxious, just making bad choices. and, And that stuff like carried over into my work. Like not making bad decisions there. I always said like work kind of felt like home to me and it was because of the people that I worked with. There were so many people that I was close with at my school and when I was home, like I had my daughter of course, but it was the first time ever that I had been by myself. So it was just really hard. And so of course, like those emotions carry over into your job and you're not doing the best job that you could be doing. Um, And I fully accept that. And like I, that's on me. Um, but my principal and AP, they knew about my situation. Like I told them what was going on and they began like hardcore micromanaging me. It was almost to the point of bullying. I had my AP come to me at one point and say that she heard that I was talking about her and the principal behind their back. And I was like, no, I wasn't like, that didn't happen. And she basically said, if she hears that again, that she's going to write me up. And I'm just thinking to myself, well, you know, like you can't write me up for hearsay. I didn't do it unless you hear me saying something about you, then yeah, but no, you didn't. So whatever. The whole idea of administrative bullying is another topic that I'm going to cover in its own episode, because that's a big one. And it's probably going to be over multiple episodes. I don't know yet. But um, yeah, administrative bullying, that's a big thing that teachers go through. And I know some teachers who are going through that right now. And it's just, it's not fun. But anyway, back to my experience with the administrative bullying that I went through. I had, so that was my second year in that school. I had moved counties at this point. So when you start over in a new county, you're kind of starting over your tenure. So I wasn't tenured anymore. So I had the following year to do better because the following year was going to be my tenure year. Um, I was moved a grade level. So I went from fifth grade to second grade and I just was like, oh my gosh, like this is totally setting me up for failure, but whatever, I'm going to do it. I was super positive. I ended up doing a really good job that year. I got my tenure, but the whole three years of just not knowing what my ten, what my future was going to hold was really intense and kind of scary because you don't know what's going to happen. You know, I have a kid to support and I wasn't done teaching at this point. Like I was still into it and I didn't want someone to take that away from me. So I worked really, really hard that third year and that's how I got my tenure. I guess my main point is that observations are just, 
they're just not fun. It's just like a terrible thing that we have to go through as professionals. We shouldn't have to be put through all of that micromanaging. I understand evaluations. I understand coming into the classroom for a visit and just making sure everything's okay, meeting with the teachers. But do there really need to be four observations per year? And do we really need to be micromanaged the way that we are? There's enough stress on teachers as it is. So if you're a teacher and have an observation coming up, here's my advice to you. When it comes down to it, there's more important things to worry about. So like, of course you want to do well. So prep and write your lesson, have everything ready the best that you can, do your best, but just know that literally anything can go down during an observation. And the only thing that you can control is just making sure that you're planned for the lesson at hand and knowing what you're going to teach, unless it's, you know, unannounced, like the one that I went through. But even still, it is what it is. Like once the principal's in there, you can't, you can't do anything about it. You can't force her out of the classroom. So you just have to deal with it. You just got to go through it and think on your feet and just go with it. But like I said, like there's, there's more important things at hand. There's bigger fish to fry in this world than an observation. And I mean, it's like you can't control if little Tommy is going to throw a pencil or if Ryan is going to cry because he doesn't want to do the center activity. If your principal's in a shitty mood or if a kid pulls a fire alarm and you have to evacuate the building. And like literally once it's done, it's done. There's no use stressing about it. There's no use wondering to yourself, what did admin think? I mean, I know you're going to because we do it anyway. But once it's over, I mean, there's been so many times when like I've left the classroom after an observation. I've just gone to the bathroom and cried because I was like, what? Like, I don't know how the principal thought I did. But like before I had my daughter, it was like kind of the be all end all. I think I mentioned that in the first podcast. But after I had her, it was like there's... Like I said, there's so many more important things to worry about than if an observation went well. But yeah, like observations suck and you don't have to wonder if you're a bad teacher because you're not. You know that you're a great teacher. So that's kind of what I have to say about observations. And so what I did was I reached out to some fellow teachers that I know and I asked in a couple groups that I'm in if some teachers would be willing to share some of their observation stories. So I have some stories from other teachers that I would like to share with you. It's anonymous so I'm not going to say their names or anything. Okay so here is a ridiculous story from a fellow teacher. She says, I was observed by my head teacher in the first two weeks of a new school. Everything was going well until a student decided to have a tantrum. This was in 10th grade. She stood up shouting at me, and when I addressed the situation calmly, she didn't like that, so picked up a chair and threw it at me. I calmly informed her that wasn't appropriate and to leave the room. She stormed out, and the lesson continued. At no point did the head, which um, at the, in this school it was the, the principal, react or intervene. At the end, I was issued an inadequate rating, as the lesson didn't have enough pace and progression during the full 60 minutes. Welcome to teaching at that school. Okay, first of all, if I was a principal or an assistant principal, even as another teacher and a student is doing that in someone else's classroom, I'm going to intervene. Like, that is crazy that this principal, or head of the school as they call it, did not intervene or help the teacher out. Like literally this kid was going nuts and the principal just sat there. 
Like, how is that okay? And then to get um, an inadequate rating? Well, like, fucking help me out, dude. What the hell? I just can't, I can't believe it. Like, some of these principles are just malicious. It's just crazy. Anyway, okay. So this story comes from um, a student teacher, um, and it was her second placement in a school, and she was teaching eighth grade. And she says that she was being observed by her subject mentor, who was also the head of geography. So she gave the class a starter activity where they had to write a list of four factors that caused the climate to vary. And she says that to help them, I had given them the first letter of each answer and that they had written this information two days previously in their last lesson. So it should have been a simple recall starter. Not one student could give me an answer, she said. The rest of the lesson didn't go very well either, but I didn't think it was a complete disaster as every student could tell me something they had learned. At the end of the day, my subject mentor went through his observations with me, or he was meant to. He said to me that after 10 minutes, he didn't even bother making any notes because he thought it was that bad and that he will just observe me tomorrow instead. She says that I still feel that this moment is one of the main reasons I am no longer teaching. Okay, so fuck that guy for telling you that it was so bad that he's not going to give you notes. Like, no, you need to give me feedback. Why was it bad? Because the only way that you're going to improve is if you get feedback. Ugh, my God. Okay, so this one to me is kind of crazy. This woman says, My first year teaching, my formal observation was unannounced. I was teaching second grade. The students were working on math three days before Christmas break. About eight of my students were out of the classroom for picture retakes. Two of the boys in this class did not get along, and I didn't let them sit near each other. I took the students through the whole I do, we do, you do but the students were not behaving their best with it being three days before Christmas. Then halfway through, eight kids came into my room, running down the hall after picture retakes. In the disruption and trying to get them settled and working, the two boys who don't like each other got into a fight. It was awful. They put me on a growth plan for building a positive classroom culture and for classroom management. Jesus Christ. We can't get a break. Teachers, Cannot get a break, I swear. It's, it's crazy. That's ridiculous. So this next one's from a high school teacher who taught 11th grade, um, and she was observed by the deputy head, which I guess is like the board of, like the board of ed um, here in America. So anyway, this teacher said that the deputy head said that he would come back and observe me again when I had the opportunity to work with another teacher in the department on pitching my lesson to the right level and on pupil engagement. I explained that behavior was usually so awful I had no idea what the, what level they were at and that they were well below where they should have been from what I could tell due to the previous teaching quality. This was disregarded and I was promptly sent away to team plan, bearing in mind I had already asked this teacher for advice in the first place. I delivered the team planned lesson and was told that the activities that the other teacher had given me were poor. They of course didn't know that the other teacher gave me those activities, but it was just farcical. That happened to a lot of teachers that I know where um, another teacher, you're like told to plan with another teacher and get a lesson idea or like do the same lesson that another teacher is doing and then you do it and the principal or administration is like, okay, that lesson, well, I wouldn't have done that in that lesson, but 
that's literally what the teacher you told me to get a lesson from did and wrote up. So it's just like they're picking on you and they're trying to find something wrong with what you're doing. This last one I'm going to share is not like super about observations, but I thought that it was a little bit crazy. So um, this teacher says that she was told not to report issues that needed DCS involvement. So um, Department of Child Services involvement. The assistant principal told her that we don't have the staffing, so don't let the kids tell you anything. I reported it to my union rep. An admin found out and two administrators came in for a surprise observation gunning for me. So this is kind of like going along with that admin bullying that I'm going to talk about in another episode where you do something that admin doesn't like and they decide that you're their target and they're going to bully you, which is just so not okay and ridiculous. So anyway, that is going to be the end of our episode for today about observations and hopefully I shine some light on how what observations are and how they're just crazy stressful for teachers. Yeah, so the countdown till June is 21 weeks away. And for this weekend, since it's Friday, my Sunday scaries for you, my advice for you to recoup over the weekend is to go see a movie. And the reason I'm giving this self-care advice is because this like it like really helps me um I really like taking myself out on dates by myself and just like going to see a movie that's like one of my favorite things to do you're by yourself you can get all the snacks you want and no one's judging you for all the popcorn you're eating and or and like if you want some chocolate with it and like a big ass soda I have taken myself to the movies three times in the past three weeks to go see cats actually probably the past two weeks um I'm going again tonight with my mom. Actually, this will be the third time, so I've really only gone two times. I don't know what I'm talking about, but take yourself to the movies. Go and just sit and relax. See something that you want to see by yourself, or I mean, like, if you want to take someone, cool. Take someone, too. I like going by myself just because, like I said, no one's watching you chow down on your snacks, and you can cry or laugh or do whatever in your own company, and... But anyway, yeah, so I'm going tonight with my mom to see Cats for the third time because I'm obsessed with Cats the musical. And yeah, I absolutely loved the movie. Um, So go see it if you're into that kind of thing. So that's the end of our second episode. I hope you guys enjoyed learning about observations and hearing some stories from other teachers. Um, do something for yourself this weekend. Have a really good weekend. Have a good next week. I'll be back next Friday and we can hang out again. Bye.